Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. The Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN starts now. Two minutes past on a Thursday. It's the 11th day of May. 2023. What is going on, everybody? Dan Grasso Show, we are live. It is in living color, and it is three full jam-packed hours right here on 9870 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. If you want to be a part of the program, if you want to contribute, Harvey Cruz and Joe Leo are here. They are my buddies. They are my pals. They're producing the program tonight. Take it right up until Larry and Gordon at 10. And as always, you can get me on Twitter at Dan Gross at GRACA. Where do we begin tonight? I mean, it's not like we uh, have a shortage of things to choose from, right? I mean, we have a jam-packed slate. We got baseball. One team stinks. Another team, you know, by the end of the night, we might think they stink. As they're going up against the Tampa Bay Rays, of course, talking about the Yankees. Mets went out with a whimper. Today in Cincinnati, we'll have plenty to say about them a little bit later on. Talking about a team that might go out, that could be the New Jersey Devils by the time our show is over this evening. Their season could be over, but they better play a hell of a lot better than they did two nights ago as they go down to Carolina and try to stave off elimination. Try to pull a page from the Knicks playbook and how to stave off elimination and win a game number five. It's going to be Akira Schmidt in goal. Lindy Ruff super secretive with that one. You know, whenever you want to keep the goaltender secret, like less than an hour before puck drop of an elimination game, if that's like the only card you have to play, that, you know, may not feel great about your chances. That's all I got to say there. But we'll keep our eyes on that. We will have, we will have the Jets and Giants schedules in about an hour, a little less than an hour. I know they've been leaked. I know they're out there. I get it. But you know what? We're going to try to be good soldiers here. We're going to oblige by what the NFL wants us to do, so we'll talk about it a little bit later on. They're releasing it at 8 o'clock. That's what we're going to do. You hear that music? You hear that music? I got to go put a sweatshirt on because it feels cold. It feels chilly. It feels football weather. You hear the music. We're talking schedule. You can allow your mind to just drift away to those November and December days when the Jets and the Giants hopefully are going to be playing meaningful games. And Aaron Rodgers is carving up whatever opponent is on the schedule that day. And the Giants are just grinding it out against whoever they're matched up against. Word to the wise, though, if you are a Jet or a Giant fan for the upcoming season, your best friend will be coffee. Because there are going to be a lot of late nights. Let's put it that way. A lot of late nights. Something that we are not used to. In this town when it comes to the two football teams. As far as being showcased to a national audience. But that is what we have in store. And of course, of course, we got the Knickerbockers. We got the Knicks. Because we still have a Knicks season. Right? We didn't know when we sat down to turn on the mic today. If it was going to be a Knicks wrap-up. A Knicks post-mortem. Or was it going to be business as usual? 
looking ahead to another elimination scenario, which is going to be tomorrow night down in Miami. But you know what? They earned a trip down there. They earned the plane ticket, right? They packed the sandals. They packed the suntan lotion. They get to go down to the beach and hang out for a day and play a basketball game on Friday night. And we're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves, right? Please, please, we can't do that tonight. We're going to look at this thing rationally. We're going to look at this thing with a very level-headed approach because I think that's how you have to. And admit it. You know, we're all friends here. We all know each other. You had your doubts, didn't you? You did. I know you did. You told me you did. Be honest with me. Before the game even tipped off last night, I know that morale was low, right? Even the building, whether you were there whether you were watching it on television, the building seemed a bit reserved. You know, do you want to call it nervous energy? It was almost like they don't know how to react. It's like, well, let me make a lot of noise and try to pump the team up, but I don't want to make too much noise, and I don't want to get too excited because I don't want to be let down. Because the way the last couple of games have gotten, and then throw in the fact that you had players after the game like Julius Randle, coming out and saying maybe they wanted it more, that doesn't bode well necessarily when you're going into a winner-take-all matchup. Then the game tips off, and a minute into the game, Julius Randle goes down. And I got to tell you, it was the weirdest thing. I don't know if you felt the same way. It was so cryptic to me because they go to commercial right away. Remember, we're like a little over a minute into the game, and then all of a sudden, Iron Eagle says, oh, we're going to take a break. No, like, music, no replay. They just showed Julius Randle sitting on his butt on the baseline. Well, how did it happen? Did he collapse? Did a fan come out and, like, strangle him or something? Like, how did it – like, we didn't see any footage of this. And they just went to that break abruptly, and the break seemed like it was a lot longer than usual. The game had just started. Do we really need to take a commercial break that long? Nobody knew what had happened. There was no replay. And then they get back to the game finally, and you see Randall walking back to the bench. His eye is swollen. You're like, oh, great. And you're immediately already questioning what type of an impact he's going to have for the rest of this game since he's going to be playing with one eye. Because you knew that that thing was going to continue to get puffy, and it was going to continue to swell, and it did. Then the first quarter starts. And nothing goes right. Absolutely nothing. You got Josh Hart on a night when you have a reduced bench because IQ's not playing. And our guy, Evan Fournier, who we sat here and pounded the table for a couple of of nights ago to just even get a run for 10 minutes. He wasn't available because he was ill. So Josh Hart was essentially like the only option to potentially provide some offense off the bench. He gets three fouls. And he gets that third one right at the end of the quarter on that Jimmy Butler three with the kick out, which they went and reviewed, and they said, no, that's a natural shooting motion. So the Knicks were assessed the flagrant foul. In addition, 24-14 after 12 minutes. 14 points. Again, be honest with me. You watched that first 12 minutes of the game last night. Did you not think it was just more of the same from what you watched the previous two nights? The game's down in Miami. They scored 14 points. That team looked as dead as a doornail. That team, you would have thought that they were on the bench on their cell phones making reservations for Cancun or wherever they were going to go on vacation starting today when the season was over. That's the vibe it got. The building was completely dead, just more of the same. The Heat getting to virtually every offensive rebound. They had 13 second-chance points in that first quarter alone, which almost outscored the Knicks, period. 
Knicks are turning the ball over left and right, leading to points down the other end for Miami. What was the confidence level at? Like, really, what was it? At the end of that first quarter, how confident were you that we would be having this conversation right now about the Knicks season still being extended? I wasn't very confident. It was more the same. And this Miami team, and this is the ultimate compliment you can give to a club. They're stone cold. You know, they're finishers. They went to Milwaukee in round one, who were only the best team in the NBA in the regular season, and finished them out in a game five, in overtime, no less. So this team is never out of it. And you started to, again, that phrase, playing around in my head, and I'm sure in your head too if you're watching it, they wanted it more. Right? In the immortal words of Julius Randle, they wanted it more. First 12 minutes, it looked that way. But then in the second quarter, something changed. Something changed. Tibbs goes to the bench. In comes Obi Toppin. He gets that alley-oop play. Gets the crowd on their feet. 5 nothing spurt. Okay. Baby steps. We're getting there. But Obi was in there also grabbing rebounds. A couple of them, he skied so high for the rebound. Like it looked like he was going to touch the top of the backboard. Even when nobody was around him, it's like, wow, somebody is actually cleaning up the glass on this team. That's a novel thought. You know, and it wasn't many minutes, but boy, were they impactful as hell. Were they not? I don't know if the Knicks are able to change the momentum of this game without those minutes that Obi Toppin contributed. 14-2 run or whatever the hell it was, and all of a sudden the Knicks had a lead. Wow. I know the fourth quarter got a little bit hairy, but they were able to hang on. It's the playoffs. It's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be hard. And when you come away with a victory, you feel that much better about what you accomplished. Because you know what? Hey, it wasn't wire to wire. It wasn't a situation where Miami just kind of mailed it in and said, ah, you know what? We got a 3-1 lead in the series. We're going back home for game number six. If we lose this one, so be it. No, Miami came all the way back from 19 down in that third quarter and nearly stole that game. But you know why they didn't steal the game? Because May 10th, 2023 is going to be remembered as the Jalen Brunson game. The Jalen Brunson game. 48 minutes. And for those keeping score at home, that's how many minutes are in the game. Did not come off the floor. Hell, he wanted to stay out there even for halftime, I heard. Didn't even want to go back to the locker room for halftime. That's how committed he was. 38 points. Putting a team on his back. Willing them to victory. Knicks weren't going to lose that game last night if Jalen Brunson had anything to say about it. And he had to. And he had to. There was no other choice. It was borderline heroic. Okay, we could talk about historic. It was also heroic. That's how good it was. Thin bench to begin with. You have Josh Hart in foul trouble. You don't have a lot of options. Brunson says, follow me, guys. Tells Tibbs, I got this. And we talked all season long about the impact that Jalen Brunson had on this team. You know, I said he wasn't their best player, but he was their most important player. I don't even know right now if I could sit here and tell you what a straight face he's not their best player. I know he didn't make All-NBA. I know he wasn't an All-Star. But let's be real. Knicks aren't on a plane today back down to Miami if that guy ain't on the floor and if that guy's not on the team running this offense, leading this charge, and doing things that nobody in a Nick uniform has done in the playoffs in 
over 50 years in playing all 48 minutes. He and Quentin Grimes, at least. Stephon Marbury played all 48 minutes in a game, but two teammates doing it? You got to go back to 1972. That's what he and Grimes did. And let's not leave out Grimes, too. I know he didn't score a hell of a lot last night, but he gave everything he had last night for that team, all 48 minutes himself. And one of the biggest plays of the game, what, about a minute and a half left? Knicks are up six. He gets leveled by a Bam out of bio screen, gets up favoring that leg. You don't know if he's injured. And what does he do? Still hangs on Jimmy Butler on the perimeter, strips him of the ball, Nick ball down the other end. That almost sealed it right there. Huge play. Winning play. You need guys to make winning plays in the playoffs. Miami's got a lot of those guys. See what Kyle Lowry tried to do in the fourth quarter last night? See what Duncan Robinson was doing in the fourth quarter last night? My goodness. How about the free throws that Mitchell Robinson made in the fourth quarter last night? Huge. I know it was only four points, but think of how big those four free throws are. He misses those. If he goes 0 for 6, we don't know if the Knicks are winning that game. You don't know how the rest of it would have played out. As Spolster tried to do the hack-a-mitch strategy, backfired on him. But you're feeling good about this team, right? You're feeling good. No more of this. They wanted it more. Last night, the Knicks wanted it, and they took it. But you know what? If you want to extend this season and get it back to the Garden for a Game 7 on Monday, tomorrow they're going to have to play even better than they did last night. Last night wasn't perfect. They're going to have to play even better. Your thoughts? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. A lot of Knicks tonight, as you would expect. We'll also get into the NFL schedules once they're wink-wink officially released. Coming up at the top of the hour. Plenty of the baseball. We'll keep our eyes on what the Devils are doing down in Carolina as well. Dan Gross' show on a Thursday. Full three-hour vehicle. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Gross' show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Look, bottom line, I think with this win, you feel a little bit better about the journey, do you not? Just stretching it out to six games. Like, if they would have lost in five on their home floor, it would have given you those Atlanta vibes from a couple of years ago, right? And I mentioned that a couple of nights. That's what this was starting to unfold like. It reminded me of the Hawks series. And the Knicks ended that one on their home floor, unfortunately. As Trey Young and company sent everybody home unhappy. And you thought the same thing was going to happen last night. But now, now it's different. Now you got a trip down to Miami. You know, it's going at least six. You're one win away from getting to the immortal game seven. 
where they tell you a million times over, anything can happen in a game seven. Anything. And especially if you got it at home, you know what? Another feather in your cap. But it's going to take an incredible effort to get this thing back to New York. An incredible effort. You know, Heat didn't play poorly last night. You know, what kept them in, or what kept the Knicks in the game more than anything, I mean, that really, really prevented the Heat from putting this thing on ice early on, is they weren't making their threes. You know, Robinson and Lowry, they were draining some there in the fourth quarter. But apart from that, I mean, they were dreadful from three-point land. And that's what allowed the Knicks to even keep it somewhat respectable and to get their legs under them and to make it all the way back. But it's a good sign, right? It's a good statement because the last two games, the ones down in Miami in three and four, they couldn't have gone worse for this team. They look like they didn't even belong at times. Out-hustled, out-played, out-everything. But last night, that wasn't the case. And it's got to be better. It's got to be better. And, you know, we're 90 games into this season. Here's another thing you have to think about. Guys like Brunson playing 48 minutes, Grimes playing 48 minutes. What if you're a little susceptible to tired legs? I mean, they are human. It is a long season, right? You can't just expect these guys to go out there and play every single minute of the game. I don't know what IQ status is for tomorrow night. Probably not good, considering that he couldn't go the last two games and he was in a walking boot. You think realistically he's going to be able to contribute? I'm not so sure. But Thibodeau, after the game last night, talking about just how important one Jalen Brunson is to this team. Yeah, what, what could you say about the guy? He's just uh, incredible. You know, all-around player, great leader, great toughness. Ability to think on his feet, ability to lead, ability to connect with people, to bring the best out of people. Um, that's what makes him special. And why play him all 48 minutes? This time of the year, you know, you're, you're going to see guys get big minutes. And the thing I love about him is you prepare yourself for that. I've never seen anyone work the way he does, you know, and he does it in front of everyone. He does it in our gym, does it all summer long. He does it at a game speed. Most important player on this basketball team, and he might be the best. Right? We talked about one of the best free agent signings the Knicks have ever had. This guy might be one of the best that New York City has had if he continues at this clip. And wasn't it ironic, right, on a night where they hand out the old NBA teams before the game, he goes out there and has that type of performance, doesn't get the recognition, doesn't get the love, wasn't an all-star this year. One of the most underrated, underappreciated players in the NBA. And if you're a Knicks fan, you've got to be thrilled that he's on your side. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's go to the phones. We'll say hi to start it off with our pal Richard in Manhattan here on 98.7. Hello, Richard. Dan, before I get to the Nick point against Miami, let me just give you a little history lesson. 1972, Knicks Celtics. I remember that series. I remember the following year. Let me just tell you who was involved in that series. Tommy Heinsohn coaching. Red Holtzman coaching. Marv doing the game. Here's some of the players. Jojo White. John Havlicek. Paul Silas. Don Nelson. Dave Cowens. Don Chaney. Earl Monroe. Walt Frazier. Dick Barnett. Bill Bradley. Dave DeBuscher. Uh, Willis, Reed, Will, Willis Reed, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Lucas, uh, and a guy who came became a pretty good coach as well as winning a championship, Phil Jackson. 
<laughs> pretty good. You, what? That, that, that's a pretty good that's list. That's a who's who right there. NBA. Uh, that's pretty good. And I'm just going on memory. Okay, Dan. If the Knicks, I, and by the way, I'm not a better, I don't know anything, but I love numbers and I love logic. How do Knicks are only four and a half, four and one half point favorite, uh, four and a half point underdogs tomorrow night? I, I, I mean, I would bet the house on uh, in Miami covering that spread. But anyway, if the Knicks were to win that game tomorrow night, do you? Th- I think, and I'm not an expert. I'm not a ticket salesman. I don't deal with uh, the public like that. I would think. Monday night's game at the Garden would go for the highest ever, ever in a New York venue t- uh, tickets for the game, for that venue. I think the tickets, let's say 10 rows up, center court, easily fifteen to $20,000. You going to pluck down some cash, Richard? Well, what do you, first of all, what do you think, Dan? Do you think they'd go that high? I, I, I mean, well, again, but... It, what, do, you know, do you realize the high that people will be on if the Knicks were to upset Miami? Right, but then whatever that ticket price is, think about it. It would only be Trump, it would be top next round when you get to the conference. Well, you rounds. don't know. Well, wait, wait, we're just going, we don't know. Dan, we don't know if we're going to wake up next round. I'm just telling you what you have now. If this happens, I can only go to Monday. And that's all. I don't remember any game. I mean, and now you got to take into account inflation and 20 years later, 22 years later, since the Knicks have been in a championship game like this or in a championship series. I don't think there's anything. And I'd even go to the Super Bowl. I don't think Giant fans were paying to go out to Pasadena like Nick fans would pay. Don't forget, you're going to an indoor venue. And uh, basketball is still bigger, in my opinion, than football is in in New York. I think this will be and any concert, any Billy Joel concert or Neil Diamond or anything. Wouldn't you say that this would be the biggest selling ticket at Madison Square Garden in its history? Possibly. If the Knicks were to win. Possibly, Richard. And, and I thank you for the phone call. I, I know you love that stuff, and and you know, like it, it you know, consumes you left. Well, Neil Diamond's a local guy, Harvey. That's why he brought up Neil Diamond. He's from Brooklyn, you know. So this is his home base. But if Neil Diamond's going to do a show in Lincoln, Nebraska, I don't know if he's going to clean up on the secondary market or, you know, in uh, Boise, Idaho. I don't know if he's got a big following out there. But in his backyard, you know, a lot of people pay a pretty penny to see him. I don't know. You know, look, it's a tough ticket. But anybody nowadays, see, here's the thing with, with, with ticket pricing in the secondary market and so on and so forth. If you've got the cash, if you've got the means, you can get into anything, you know, in this day and age. Back in the day, it was a lot harder. You know, you have to go the scalper route, the broker route. No, now it's just, I mean, if you got the money and you're willing to spend it, you could get in. Remember, there were tough ticket prices. They, they were high ticket prices in that first round against Cleveland, if I remember right. I mean, just to, like, get in the building what the price of some of those tickets were. It was twelve fifty, right? Just to get in. And that was round one. So. We took some calls. It was, like, 2500 for your, your head scraping against the ceiling. 2500 to sit basically in the last row. Against Cleveland in the first round or this round? It was against Cleveland. Cleveland? See, there you go. So, probably, if you tell me there's a Game 7 on Monday night, uh, it's at least that. Probably, th- I, I would say, like, three-something probably. I would think. Because I still think that fans are going to be level-headed about it. And, and eventually there is going to be a limit to what you're willing to spend because, as, as I brought up to Richard, it still is only the second round. 
Like we were talking about it a couple of nights ago, Harvey, right, with the uh, the price of these hockey tickets. And I'm not talking about just like like the face value price of the tickets for round two playoff games over in, in Newark for the Devils. It's insane. It's insane. Plus parking, plus food, plus if you want to get merch, plus if you bring people with you. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. And that's why you might be faced with that decision. It's like, well, do I really want to shell out all this money now? For a round two game, as opposed to if this thing continues, I could go to the conference finals, I could go, whatever. You know, some people may only have the wherewithal to be able to go to one game. Now, I know you can't guarantee that you're going to win and you're going to advance and you're going to keep playing, so it's a, it's a tricky spot. But still, I mean, yeah. Look, it's no secret the big business that sports is nowadays. And unfortunately, the average fan has a tendency to get priced out. It is. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. One guy we haven't brought up, really, is Julius Randle. Talk about his night, because I think it had a little bit of everything. And he helped them win the game, more importantly. Dan Grosser Show, we roll till 10, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hello again, hello. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. One slip by Richard, and now we got a Neil Diamond night. Did you ever see the movie, by the way, Saving Silverman? Very funny. Very funny. And they got the Neil Diamond uh, cover band. And then Neil has a cameo at the end of the movie. Jason Biggs, Jack Black. Funny. Funny, funny movie. It's about like early 2000s, I think. Funny stuff. Um... Julius Randle last night, you know, we mentioned the fact that he had the eye problem. Yeah, he looked like a boxer out there. At halftime, I wanted them to, you know, go cut him like a Rocky. Cut me, Mick, you know, because that eye was swollen pretty bad. But he battled. He played. 24 points last night. Not terrible. He gutted it out. He was there for his team. I mean, look, it, it would have looked bad. And I understand, hey, you need your eyes to play. You do. But when you got two guys out there playing 48 minutes, and if he was going to sit out the rest of the game or wasn't going to be able to do his part to at least eat up some minutes, that would have been a bad look. It really and truly would have been. Um, But probably his best game from the three this series, so what did he make of it? Yeah, I mean, the three-point shot is just something that's a part of my game, not what I rely on. You know, I work hard on it. But uh, like I said, it's just a tool, you know, for me to be able to use. Um, so, yeah, it does open up the game a little bit more. But, you know, I'm not something I rely on. And the funny thing about it, too, when the game changed early in the second quarter, when they went on that spurt, Julius Randle was on the bench. Julius Randle was on the bench. You know, when the offense wasn't stagnant, they were getting up and down the floor in transition. It's like it's it's like this love-hate relationship that I think the fan base must have with this guy. Like you acknowledge he's important, you acknowledge he's a good player, but then you can also understand the fact that, you know, at times it seems like the club operates 
Better when he's not out on the floor. Dawson Mercer with a goal, by the way. Devils out to a one nothing lead. How did that work for him a couple of nights ago, though? Not good. You think Carolina's going to reel off six straight? That would be something. Has that ever happened in NHL history, been the playoffs? <laughs> like back-to-back games, score the first goal, then give up six in a row? Oh, my goodness. And then the fact, you know, before the game last night, Randall gets named third-team All-NBA. Second time in three years. All right, that's no small feat. That's a hell of an accomplishment. It shows that you had a really, really good season, and he did have a good season. But why is it that, like, in these moments that people are going are, are gonna to remember more than anything else, he leaves you wanting more, right? It's like you still want more from this guy. Here was Julius about being named third-team All-NBA. I mean, it's obviously, it's a great honor. It's a, it's a testament. You know, those things don't happen, you know, in a group of guys that we have. Uh, you know, I said it all year. You know, it takes you know, the belief of, you know, front office, you know, coaching staff, and, and most of all, my teammates. Um, you know, they trust me to go out there every night and uh, compete and play at a high level. You know, I just thank God, man. You know, it's, it's a huge honor. Um, so. so there you go, third-team All-NBA, 800-919-3776. Sean in Long Beach up next here on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Sean? How are you? Hey, Dad. How's it going? Sean, excellent. What's going on? So I was really going to talk about two things. One was about the, uh, the the ticket prices that the caller before was mentioning about how high they would get. Um, I'm a Knicks season ticket holder, and I had to buy an extra Game 5 ticket for my wife. Yeah. Because I, yeah, we needed to get an extra ticket, right? And I paid, I think, uh, $400 with taxes. And just to give you a sense of where I sit, I'm in Section 213. So this is kind of... The middle row, right above section 100. So this is, these are not bad seats. So they're right. nowhere near nosebleeds and stuff. And so, I, you know, I think people in general make too much of this. That it's a very business era crowd and normal fans can't get into the garden. I think there were plenty of normal fans there game five. And there have been pretty much for the whole playoffs. And if game seven does happen... Will it be expensive? Yeah, but I think you can get in the building. Well, for like well Sean, let me, Sean, let me ask you a question. So the 400 bucks you said you bought the extra ticket, how did you buy the ticket? you buy that from the Knicks, or did you buy that on the secondary market? So, so the secondary market, right? Now, my, my ticket face value yeah. as a season holder for that game was only $150. That's, That's it? what I paid. 150 for for that playoff game last night was $150. Every game I paid for in the second round was 150. Every game in the first round was 110. It really pays to be a season ticket holder. I'll tell you that. I really think pays for itself. By the no, way. Sean sounds like he works for the ticket sales department for the Knicks. For crying out loud, he's sitting here trying to move some ducats here. Good job by Sean. I'm in finance, man. I'm saying these things can trade. <laughs> no, look, Sean, I'm with you. I I don't feel like if you're telling me that that's all you're paying even for a playoff game, I think that that's fair value. Especially for where your seat is located, I think that's a fair value. And for the energy of the building, oh, my God, I think it was absolutely worth it. Okay, drinks and food will put you back a little bit, but uh, like you but said, you know, if you have the heat, you're going to do it. Right, that's anywhere. What else about Randall? What do you got? I mean, it's really you, – you pretty much already started making the point. So last night I'm watching. It's the end of the fourth quarter. I think the world's over. Season over. And Randall comes out. That run happens without Randall, right? And right away you're thinking, well, okay, Randall's a problem. 
just sit him for the rest of the game. The second time that Ovi came around, he turned the ball over twice pretty quickly, right? And I guess what I'm saying is it's, it's really about this love-hate relationship. When the Knicks are moving the ball and they're hitting their shots and things are moving quickly, life looks great without Randall. As soon as the game slows down, they miss a few shots, they can guard Brunson, now you don't know where to go. That's when you need Randall, unfortunately, right? And to me, Randall is really at his best when he makes quick decisions. You got him out there playing 45 minutes a game, and naturally by the end he's, you know, he's exhausted, right? right. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. Play the guy less, play him 30 to 35 minutes a game, and get this idea out of his head that he is, you know, Nikola Jokic in a point forward. He's not that guy. No. He needs to get the ball, shoot, pass, make a move. I, John, I don't disagree, and, and I thank you for the phone call. It's just at times, look, he's guilty at times of grinding this offense to a halt. It just becomes way too stagnant. Like like Sean just said, you know, he's sitting there dribbling the ball at the top of the key, just waiting, waiting. Then he turns around, and he's going to try to back somebody down and then only have a turnaround step-back jumper. Like, I'm tired of seeing that stuff because the Knicks' offense does not operate as efficiently as it should when he's pulling that. Like I said, early in the second quarter when they went on that run, he was on the bench. The ball was moving up and down the floor, fast-paced. In a perfect world, you want to see the guy play somewhere in the neighborhood of, what, 35 minutes. But I don't know if Tibbs has that as a luxury, given the fact that IQ probably – I'd be shocked if IQ could go tomorrow. I haven't heard anything one way or the other, but, you know, he hasn't played the last two games and his foot's in a walking boot. You want him out there hurting the team? Probably not. He going to give Obi a little bit longer of a run than 10 minutes or whatever he gave you the other night? 12 minutes, big deal. 10 minutes, 12 minutes. You know, why can't Obi be a, you know, between 15 and 20 minute a night guy, especially if you're shorthanded like this? Now, the one thing that you're, I mean, you're going to be guaranteed to get tomorrow, guaranteed, is you'll have a better version of Josh Hart. Because, and, and you know I am the president of the Josh Hart fan club. Last night was as bad a Josh Hart as you're ever going to see. Probably his worst game as a Nick. And foul trouble contributed to that significantly, as we know. But he's got to be out there. He's got to be doing his thing. And you can't affect the game when you're playing nine minutes. The happiest people in the world to see Josh Hart on the bench last night were the Miami Heat. Because that allowed them to work their way back into the game late in the third and then into the fourth quarter. Caleb Martin hit that three-pointer to close out the third. He beat the buzzer, and it went from a 13-point game to a 10-point game. At that moment, I said, "Uh uh-oh. And then it just carried over to start the fourth quarter. All right, 800-919-3776. More of your phone calls. We'll also talk about what else is happening in the NBA tonight. A couple of other teams could go out for the kill. Plus, plus, when you make a mistake... How forceful should you be when it comes to an apology? Well, that happened to somebody who is well-respected in the game. Dan Grasso Show, we roll till 10, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Did you see this? Gary Sanchez. Yeah, that Gary Sanchez. Already hit his first home run as a member of the Mets organization for AAA Syracuse. Just signed to a minor league deal on Tuesday. You know what? The Mets are so bad right now, you might as well put Gary Sanchez in the lineup tomorrow. Can't Hi, be any worse. Go Mets! Yay!
Yeah, it's going to take more than that. Put that guy in the lineup as well. So I'll get back to the calls in just a second. So we had the MVP award, gave it out last week. Joel Embiid won it from 76ers. No, congratulations. No issue. Very worthy, very deserving winner of the MVP. I know Jokic won it the previous two years, was going for the three-peat, didn't happen. Jokic was the runner-up. So a lot of people in the media vote. You know, they spread out the ballots and so on and so forth. I, I don't know who gets one. I think it's random. Anyway, Mark Jackson is one of the people that voted. You know, lead analyst or one of the lead analysts for the NBA here on ESPN, ABC. So apparently Mark voted, and in his ballot, what you do is you have to list one through five. First place, second, third, fourth, fifth place. He didn't have Joel Embiid, or excuse me, he didn't have Nikola Jokic in his top five. Why? Got to ask Mark. So then I see today, like, I, I guess it became public, like, who voted for who, and then Mark had to walk it back and then go on this, like, apology tour. I think he's booked on Oprah next week, as a matter of fact. Like, just trying to convince the world that it was an honest mistake that he left Jokic out of his top five for the MVP. Now, first of all, he says it's a mistake, whatever. But if you didn't put him in the top five, I, th- that's your prerogative. Like, I, see, I'm, I actually, like, I'm, I'm kind of defending Mark Jackson here. Like, why do you feel compelled to have to go out there and explain to the world you voted the way you did? And the reason why it's not that big of a deal is because even though Jokic finished second, it's not like he was in striking distance of Joel Embiid to where if Jackson had him, you know, second or third, that it would have made the difference in him maybe stealing a third straight MVP award. It wouldn't It wouldn't have mattered. So anyway, Mark Jackson goes on Sirius XM NBA radio, my buddy Justin Termini and Eddie Johnson, earlier today. So this is the apology. I just looked at my phone and I missed text from Eddie Johnson and Arsenio Hall texted me saying basically Justin's about to have a heart attack. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and they tell me, Eddie tells me exactly what took place. Um, mistake. And and one thing I, I live by, you you make a mistake, you own it. I, I'm not a guy that does it for click or be trending. Uh, absolute mistake made by me. You can tell. I, I probably am thinking, how did I make the mistake? You can tell. I put one center, two forwards, and two guards. So I wasn't even thinking. I apologize to the Denver Nuggets. I apologize to Nikola Jokic, who is not only in the MVP discussion and deserve to be on my ballot, but he's one of the greatest players in the history of this game. And he's a top 10 center of all time. Uh, so uh, I own it. If you want to take away my vote or do whatever more than welcome i made a mistake he deserves in my opinion to be clearly i would have still voted for joel mb the mvp but with Giannis and joker second and third they deserve that uh incredible year by him he continues to make history i own the mistake and i apologize all right so so my my only thing is this like i i think that the apology is not overly necessary right i i, I really don't but number two, I think it does beg the question, if you're Mark Jackson, somebody who's supposed to be on top of the NBA, how do you leave Nikola Jokic out of your top five when you're thinking about the MVP? I mean, he should be – you're voting for a Most Valuable Player Award, an award that this dude won the last two years. So how is he, like, not on the tip of your tongue when you're sitting there trying to come up with five names? You know what it is? It's, I think it's more Denver Nuggets than anything else. That Denver's just not a flashy team, at least to the national media, that I think deep down a lot of folks were rooting, people within the league, rooting for the Phoenix Suns in this series because they've got the star power with Durant and Devin Booker, and they're hoping like hell that 
the Suns can find a way to win on their home court tonight to force this thing to a game seven, even though DeAndre Ayton's not going to be playing, which makes it even that much more difficult for them. But I think that's what it comes down to more than anything else. But, I mean, the Apollo, like, who cares? I mean, you know you know how many, like, people when it comes to these votings and this, like, uh, you know, dirty little secret. You know how many people that vote in, like, for example, the Associated Press poll for, like, college sports, football, basketball, whatever? Do you know how many people they give ballots to that don't even follow the damn sport, but they just need the ballots, and that's why, that's all they care about? It's just the data more than anything? That stuff is so overblown. It really and truly is. Let's say hi to Greg and Manalapin. He's up next here on 98.7. Greg, how are you? I'm well, Dan. I hope you are, too. Greg, you know what? I'm not complaining. i got to be honest with you. I'm not. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so a couple things I wanted to yeah. talk about real briefly. One, um, I think we've seen the maturation of RJ. He has really stepped up. One of the few guys that's attacking, plus he's learning as he goes along. Uh, Alan Hahn pointed out, you know, his ability to see what's going on in the court, ingest it, and bring it into his own game. You know, the the ability to draw the foul. Um, it, it's nice to see. He may never be a superstar, and I know the expectations with the number three pick and all, but he's he's going to be a solid player for the Knicks for a while. I'll, I'll, um, I'll say that, and I'll agree with you about R.J. One thing, though, I didn't bring this up. That was a boneheaded play on the inbounds violation last night with, what, about oh a minute God. and a half left? I mean, yes, after a yes, timeout, yes. too. How does that happen after a timeout? I mean, I'm sitting there, like, screaming, dude, how much time you think you have? Throw the damn ball in bounds. Well, not to get off of the point I wanted to make, but if you remember, I think it was uh, the prior game. Tibbs calls a timeout. They come out of the timeout, and they get a 24-second violation. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? But um, the, the other thing that I really wanted to talk about is I'm tired of all the Julius haters out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he can be extremely frustrating. And, yeah, I would like to see him down low more often using that big body, empowering, and get the the, the short little – you know, uh, jumper or put back and draw the foul. You know, he's bigger than folks. But people are still thinking about Julius from last year, and I think we don't take into account we didn't have a point guard. You know, he felt he had to dribble and control the ball. And we've seen that with Jalen coming on the team, that happened a lot less frequently this year. And he did step up last night. He had a hell of a second half. But you know something? Um, you know something, Greg, to your point about the point guard, though? Let's let's face reality. Julius had a much better season this year than he did last year. You know, it, it just seemed like in, in, in all phases. Julius Randle yeah. is not a third-team All-NBA player this year Oh, if Jalen Brunson no. is not on this team. Oh, agreed, because I'll go back to, once again, we would have Julius over-dribbling, Julius literally hogging the ball, not looking for teammates, and Jalen is the most important player on that team. There is no doubt, and he has changed that team completely, done a 180 as as to what they give you on the floor every night, and helping RJ develop and containing Julius's bad habits as much as he can. And I'll close with this. Yeah. 
as great as last night's win was, and I'm, I'm so looking, so happy, because I, I, I was disgusted after the prior game. Can we really expect Jimmy Buckets only to put up 18 points in Miami? I don't think so. It's it's not just um, that, Greg. It, it's and, and I got and good phone call. I got to let you go here because we got to hit our break. But here's the thing with Butler. He does so many other things to impact the game, right? I mean, he had nine assists last night. He had seven rebounds. How many turnovers did he for? He had four steals. Four steals. And there's oh, it's a different person each night that's going to knock down big shots for them, whether it's Max Struess, whether it was Duncan Robinson, Lowry has the potential. I mean, even Cody Zeller going in there and just making, you know, effort plays which impact the game. This team is a well-oiled machine, and that's why you have to play almost perfectly to beat them. All right, good first hour. We still got two more to play with. When we come back, we'll do more Knicks, but it is time to unveil, I know you're salivating, the 2023 schedules for both the Giants and the Jets. We do that next. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN.